Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Spooniepreneur podcast. I'm Nicole Neer, an online business manager living with fibromyalgia and bipolar disorder. On this podcast, I'm going behind the scenes in my business and talking to other Spooniepreneurs to get real about what it looks like to be an entrepreneur living with chronic illness, to inspire you to start the business of your dreams, no matter what life throws your way. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Spooniepreneur podcast. Today's interview is so powerful. I cannot wait to dive in. And what we're really going deep into today is what it looks like to be happy and redefining happiness as not what you accomplish in a day, but how you approach your day. Right, And it's such um, a subtle shift, but when you're living with chronic illness, it can mean a world of change, right? Um, And so today, I am talking with Gwen Duda, who is a visual artist located out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, where she paints abstract, expressionistic, acrylic, oil, and mixed media works while employing eco-friendly studio practices with what spoons she has in a day. It's a tall order, right? Gwen has been dealing with chronic health issues on and off throughout her life. She was diagnosed with fibromyalgia and systemic exertion intolerance disease in her mid-30s, and last summer, she was hit by post-traumatic stress disorder. The act of painting itself has been healing, and being back in the art business and studio aids Gwen in her continued recovery from PTSD. It's powerful, right? And she is an amazing woman. I cannot wait for you to hear what she has to say. So let's just dive right in. All right. So I have Gwen with me today. How are you today, Gwen? I'm doing pretty well. Thank you, Nicole. Um, And I love to start with um, learning a little bit more about your health journey. Sure. Um, sure. Ask me anything specifically. Uh, we can connect that to, I, I kind of see health correlated to it. You know, since we're whole, we're dynamic beings. We have all these different aspects to our lives, right? We're mm-hmm. children or we're adults or we're mothers or fathers or, you know, uh, brothers, sisters, employee, employer. We have all these different social um, and cultural aspects of ourselves and health is connected to that. And health is connected to, you know, our own, what we want to accomplish in life, our own sense of self and so forth, right? Because it can, it can start to dictate or determine who we are to ourselves. Um, so, yeah, um, so my health journey is really interconnected with, um, even though I hate using that word journey, right? Because it's, right. Like, you know, corny. Um, but, you know, basically my experience so far, right? I mean, it's journey. It's fine if you, we use that term. I don't mind. Um, I would say that, um, yeah, it's interlinked with all those aspects. So um, you can start me anywhere in that. So I, I hesitate to use diagnosis because it's really just a word. And like you said, it's a journey. Mm. But tell us a little bit about the symptoms you're experiencing or what's going on right now with your health that you feel like might impact our conversation. Um, I'm all right. I might lose track of things from time to time, but you can just guide me back. <laughs> um, um, uh, actually, before we um, spoke today, now, I actually, um, part of, I, I'd like to sort of focus on Uh, I was given a diagnosis of um, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome when I was around 35. Mm -hmm. But I had had symptoms of that for quite a while beforehand. And um, the symptoms really, I started having problems in, actually when I was even a kid, I had problems with um, like allergies, but back then they didn't really understand what was going on. So they always thought I had slight pneumonia. Wow. Fall and I'd be put in the hospital and they, they would tilt you down, right. You know, and whack you on the back to get mm-hmm. uh, whatever's in your lungs out. And I had nothing. Um, but so I always thought that was interesting. I felt like a little drum. <laughs> and so that was for a few falls like that. I was hospitalized and, um, but that's one aspect of, um, the diagnosis of fibromyalgia, but I, the, um, I'm trying to remember now the medical, 
um, authority, I think it's in the states, have come up with a new term for that rather than fibromyalgia. They're calling it systemic exertion intolerance uh, disease. And that seems to be a a more accurate uh, description of what happens because when you, I find when I um, overexert myself, that's when symptoms will kick up. And it's things like anything from dizziness to vertigo to, because um, dizziness is different than vertigo. Mm-hmm. Um, one evening I had a seven and a half hour vertigo episode and I thought, oh God, please, I, I don't want to go to Emerge. I just feel so awful. I'd rather die. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to be sitting in Emerge for eight hours with vertigo. Oh yeah, no. Um, and, then, <laughs> and then it dissipated. And then I was left for about a year and a half with just dizziness. Mm-hmm. Um, that slowly, slowly, slowly went away. Um, so it's like I would get these really weird, you know, and, and the, the consistent fatigue. Um, I had really wicked insomnia. Um, and it just goes on and on, all the different aspects of the illness. Um, so now where I'm at is I actually, uh, it's, uh, huh, uh, last year I developed um, a, um, complex a post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, that kind of, that's like compare, comparing FM to that is like comparing like a firecracker to a tsunami. Yes. Um, the PTSD just completely just did, did me almost in. Um, but um, that was about last year this time. Um, there's no way I would be having this conversation with you if I was still in, you know, if, if it was at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it did do, the, the PTSD, I'll just call it PTSD, uh, it gave me the gift of clearing everything from the ground up. Mm-hmm. And I had to, I mean, I, I took my self-care seriously before, um, but now it's like, all right, there's certain things that I need to do. My healthcare, is num- my healthcare is number one right now, and it actually needs to be for the rest of my life. And so in preparing for speaking with you today, um, you know, I got up this morning, I did what I needed to do. There were things that needed to be done in the home and then also for business. And then I was like, okay, I'm starting to get sort of tired. I know this, this specific type of tired that I get, this drop just, it's at the bottom of of my energy just falls completely out Mm -hmm. in part of the PTSD. Um, So I'm like, okay, you're going for your 30 minute lie down now. And sometimes I have two of those periods in a day. Um, and that's what I do. It's, I'm, I've learned that I need to have boundaries, not just around, um, other people and things, but also boundaries with myself because, um, my background is a type A person, type A personality, and I just give her nails, right? Just always. And, um, now it's like, no, it has to be in balance and the health comes first because if the health isn't looked after, if I don't look after myself and give myself those and stick to those boundaries, right? It's like, it's like reparenting myself, if you, in a way, um, then this, nothing else happens. If I don't have my health, nothing happens. Right. So and it's, and it's so interesting to answer to the short question you gave me just, um, what was it an hour ago? A few minutes. Ago? <laughs> you know, I talked to a lot of entrepreneurs and so many of us are type A personalities. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting to me that so many of us also struggle with chronic illness. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really interested, were you an entrepreneur before you got sick or did that come after? I think of before because um, my father was a, he had his own business and my mom, she was employed outside of the home as well as working in the home. And she just, um, she would go and she basically freelanced herself before that was a tur- like I come from a small community in Manitoba, Canada. Right. Uh-huh. And my, my parents are uh, children of pioneers. Mm-hmm. So um, there was no such, like they just worked. Right. Yeah. And wherever they could, you know, they, they did everything themselves. I mean, my dad built our house with my uncle. I mean, they laid the foundation, they built the house, they put in the electrical, they did everything. Uh-huh. Um, and so, and my mom, of course, you know, and it was very much domestic, the domestic divide, the man did this and the woman did that. And, and my mom did everything in the house. Like she repainted, re-wallpapered. I mean, we even like repainted the house. Uh, I think we worked on the tiles too, on the, on the roof. I remember I was on the roof one year as a kid thinking, should I really be doing this? But, you know, <laughs> but, you, know you just did what needed to be done and you didn't hire out, you did it yourself. Uh-huh. Right. 
So I came from a very, very strong work ethic. Um, and so, no, so I'm just thinking, um, so for me, you know, that was demonstrated to me. So it wasn't, I, I was, I was looking at ways to make money, you know, getting odd jobs when I was a little kid yet. And I think nine years old, I started to work. Um, I think in me was the sort of, I can follow as a team member quite well, but I'm a leader. Uh-huh. Right. Like I like to take control of the situation. Maybe this is the type A personality as well. I don't know, but I always see the way it could be done better. Right. Or I'd have an idea and the frustration um, for me, I, I think how I ended up becoming more entrepreneurial was actually, I was always that way, but because of the illness, it really allowed that aspect of myself to shine because I was being, hmm, um, I wasn't able to keep up anymore with the demands that a regular job um, would entail. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, oh, you have to be there at eight o'clock in the morning. And you, you know, you have to work till this time. Um, I I did manage to find a few jobs where they're like, okay, this is the work that needs to be done. And these are the hours that you have to do it in. And so I had some flexibility in that I could come in a little later as long as the work was done. And if there were any meetings, I had to attend those. Like if there was a meeting at nine, well, I had to be there. Mm -hmm. Um, So I did have some flexibility with some employers, but uh, I could only work part-time at that time. Uh, And so I was also freelancing. Um, but event, so I, yeah, I mean, I, I think I was always entrepreneurial and entrepreneurial inclined to be an entrepreneur. There we go. Uh, yes. Um, but having the illness that started taking away my productive hours and started sidelining me, I had to become more creative in how I was going to, uh, create income. Yeah, totally. And I, I was really interested when you were talking about your health journey before, you know, you mentioned the difference between having, you know, physical health issues and having mental health issues. Mm. And it's something that I've definitely experienced. I, um, I was starting, you know, having fatigue and pain and all of that. And then I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder and that knocked me down in a way that my physical health issues never did. Mm. And it was a real driver in how I set up my business to create a life that really worked for me so I could incorporate that self-care. Right. So I'm really interested, you know, seeing that we have similar journeys, how do you tailor your business um, to work around that aspect of your life? Like what does that look like on a really practical level? Uh, Again, I would bring that back to self-care. So it's determining what you need in order to have a feeling of contentment, stability, and self-assuredness. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I mean, it's gotten really um, stringent in that um, I recognize, I, like, for example, if I want to relax, like I do take, like there's some days, that, and there's not very many actually where I'll work all day and not take some sort of like um, holiday from existence as it is you know like i'll watch something on youtube or netflix or prime or whatever right yep um but i absolutely no violence i watch no nothing violent no dramas actually because right now my system is still hyper vigilant there's Mm -hmm. still too much uh, cortisol being pumped through right so I need to bring my body back into a homeostasis. So I need to do whatever uh, engages the parasympathetic system, which is the, the calming, uh, when, you're, when, you're, when your system gets calm, like at night, when you get that lovely you know, serotonin going and you feel nice, that, that I need to <clears throat> get the relaxation mode engaged um, as often as possible. Um, so, so I watch really carefully what I watch for entertainment. Only mm-hmm. things that are positive, calm, whatever. I'm, I do meditation. And that's uh, actually, I'm going to give a, it's, I think it's called Insight Timer. Uh, I'm just going to look at that, that app. Yeah, because what's great about that is it's free. Yeah. Like you get so much for free. So if a person's on a tight budget, which when you have a chronic illness, oftentimes you are. Because did you know when you have a chronic illness that your costs, just your basic, like because of your medical costs and what's all incurred on that, is uh, you spend 30% more than the average person. At least, yeah. yeah. At least, at least. <laughs> right. um, 
so that, that's a, that's a, I'm sure that maybe even that has gone up. That's, I was, um, I was actually going to university to become a social worker and that was a stat, um, through a class I was taking, which was disability. Um, um, uh, I can't remember the exact title, but it was about disability uh-huh. and I found that very interesting. Um, so yeah, I'm very careful as w- to what I watch. I'm very careful to what I take in through my ears. Um, even when I go outside, like a, a large, uh, you know, loud truck goes by, I block my ears because anything that stresses the body, it's whether it be sound, sight, um, relationships, um, you know, anything like being too tired, not getting enough sleep, not getting proper nutrition, whatever stresses the body will exacerbate the negative uh, aspects of whatever you're dealing with, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm quite vigilant with that. And I'm very careful uh, whom I spend time with. And I, I used to be a fixer. I would really want to help people all the time. And I realized I had to put in a boundary for myself that was like, you're not helping people anymore. You have to help yourself. Yes. Right. And I, you know, and that took a, that, that I'm working on right now and I'm reeling myself in and, and realizing, you know, I, I feel that part of what I did was I kind of gave myself away mm-hmm. and that, you know, I'm giving my energies away and, and for no income. Right. You know, like whether it's volunteering or helping someone with my professional skill set, but not getting any money for it. You know, it's, this is a little aside, um, but I started to realize more and more, no, no, you need to charge. If people want to learn some, you know, whatever I have to offer, um, then no, you have to make it valuable. And if you don't value it, no one else will. And usually people only value something if it's got a price tag attached to it. That's true. So yeah, there's a woman, long story short, her, she wanted me to basically mentor her daughter who was coming out of university uh, for art and, you know, to tell her, like, to her to shadow me for a day or whatever. And uh, I was like, uh, yeah, well, I charge, you know, 35 bucks an hour, which is nothing. Right. I, live in, I live in Toronto. That's like a cup of coffee and a bagel. <laughs> and like it is, it's crazy out here. Yeah. Um, and she got really insulted. And I thought, fine then I don't have to deal with you anymore because obviously you don't realize that what you just asked for is quite, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not parasitic, but I mean, it's taking advantage of me. Mm -hmm. It's it's not a reciprocal relationship. And that's another thing that I determined. I need to have relationships, especially energy wise, um, that are reciprocal. Yes. And, and work and work, um, you know, you, you enter a job or whatever, and it's, whatever you're doing, whether it's a job um, that is, has a, um, a product that's um, produced or a service that's done, you establish uh, a monetary value on that, they pay you and you give them that service or product. That is reciprocal. That's mm-hmm. a positive reciprocal relationship. If you're in a, a, a friendship relationship or family relationship, whatever, and you put in time and you listen to them and you care and you go out of your way, maybe you do an errand for them or whatever, and then they don't return your phone call one day for a week. And, oh, I'm sorry, I just got, blah, you know, I forgot. I'm like, hmm, that is not a reciprocal relationship. Yeah. Right? So th- that person gets kicked out to the very periphery of my circle, right? You know, where you have someone that, like, you're in the middle of the circle, and then your closest relationship is that your hu- husband, wife, you know, whatever, you know, is in that circle with you. And then, and then you sort of, like, then there's close friends and then friends, acquaintances, and so forth. Um, I've learned that in some situations, the value I had on that friendship, I was able to see, oh, they don't value me the same way. Oh, that hurts. But that's okay. Then I can reestablish where they should go in that circle. And then I'm more realistic. And then I find that that's, um, it's really important to do self-evaluation of every aspect of your life and find out where your energy leaks are and then plug those. Yes. And I, I know that I really, I mean, I started out in social work. That's my background. There you go. And I, I learned as I got sick that it just wasn't worth the energy. Yeah. And you, you really have to hone in on what's worth the spoons. Yeah. But then as I started building a business, I realized that that was the best training I could ever have for freelancing. Yeah. <laughs> because you really learn, you know, up front, you know, I am going to value this time because this is so precious. This energy is so precious to me. So you don't, um, 
you don't take that for granted and you charge what it's worth. Do you have that same experience? I, yeah, I would say yes to that. And also because, you know, I'm in my fifties now, right? So time is limited. There's an expiration date that's I'm staring up at mm-hmm. and there's a lot that I want to do. Um, I was, even though with the PTSD, it did sideline me for about six months. That was it. I was completely kicked out of the life game. There was nothing happening in the studio, nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, I had to find the professionals that would help me and Mm -hmm. then, um, do the work, uh, in order to get better. And because of that, those two aspects, I am here today talking with you coherently and not feeling like running out of my room here screaming. Yeah. Into traffic. Um, cause it's, it's, uh, one of the, you talked about anxiety, I think bipolar and I'm, I'm not, I'm not, um, uh, I don't have bi- bipolar and I've read some on it, but it's the highs, like the, from what I understand, it's like where you feel like I'm invisible and you've got great ideas and you have so much energy and you know, you just want to do it and, and yep. you have, you're super confident. And then you hit the lows where you're just like, I'm crap. Life, you know, is awful. Yes. And you're just you're down. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's interesting to note, uh, I was, I think I was watching a video, I think it was, and it was on composers and they, um, oh, I can't remember which composer, Schumann, I can't remember, but how like their most productive periods and they were bipolar. So they wrote all this amazing music when they were at their heights. And then for like a year or two, and sometimes even three, nothing. Yep. Right. And so, um, so that you yourself, you, you learn how to manage that. And, and with me, it's like learning how to manage the anxiety that comes with PTSD and the depression and the anxiety is just because your amygdala and your, your hypothalamus, they're in a, they're, they're just like signaling out, like the alarms are going like run, run, danger, danger, you know, like, and you're, you don't, you have to teach your brain. It's like, no, everything's fine. Yeah. You show your brain over and over. Everything's fine. So um, one of the things, and this is a little aside, cause this goes with the type A, um, personality working work personality is that actually I really enjoyed work and I enjoyed it because it was kind of a high, mm-hmm. right? Because you go from one thing to another thing and be like, it would be exciting to have your to-do list and then be crossing it all off. Yeah. Right. And you just, you know, go, go, go. And you slam back a cappuccino or whatever and keep her rolling. And then you just sort of like collapse at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And then for me, I would stuff my face with chocolate macaroons, right? That was my <laughs> reward. Um, you know, so, but that wasn't sustainable, right? The body can't take that. The body needs what it needs. And I've learned that it needs what it needs, um, you know, um, for my diet, for sleep, for environment. It needs a safe, quiet environment. And, and sure. And then when you, when you're well balanced and you're in homeostasis, you can do things like go rock climbing that all of a sudden pump all cortisol into your system and you feel excited and so alive, right? And that's a great feeling to have, mm-hmm. but it's, it's something that needs to be, um, for, I'm going to you know speak for myself, but, um, I don't get the luxury of just going out there and not thinking about how is this going to impact me? Yep. Are you still there? Yeah, I am. Okay, there you go. Um, you know, how is this going to impact me next day or for the next week or two weeks? So I have to um, say, okay, get your rest because we still want to be spontaneous, right? We still want to yeah. do things like, oh, well, maybe, to, you know, oh, yeah, someone will say, well, do you want to come down to the lake tomorrow and be like, oh, yeah, I'd love to. But I always have to stop myself and go, okay, if you do that, then I, it has to work into the plan. It's like, do I have to give something up? Do I need to rest more today? so on and so forth. Now, bring me back to your original question, because have I answered that properly? You have. And, and what I'm wondering now is just hearing about your journey. Um, you are an artist. And so you're creating art about the experiences you're having, but then that's also your business. So tell me yeah. about how that works. Well, um, I would say like before then, of course, I was doing my, I'm a, I'm a visual artist. I'm a painter. My background is in advertising art. So I did print, uh, was, uh, worked in print, television. Um, um, think now. um, I worked in an in-house agency that is similar to not Loblaws, but it's federated co-ops. So you don't have co-ops here in Ontario and I don't think Quebec, but you have it on the East coast. Mm-hmm. So they're like, like the base sort of, except they have like farm machine, a farm machinery on top of all that and that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. Um, so I have that background and I worked in television for a couple of years as art director. So I have that background. Um, 
but I always wanted to do fine art and, or continue to do it because I used to freelance. Um, specifically, I like doing realism and portraiture, so I would freelance doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then though, when I started having health problems, um, I tried to freelance uh, full-time, but that didn't work either because, as you well know, when you have a business, not only are you working on the jobs you're working on, but you're also hustling for new work. Yep. You're following up with old work and then you have marketing and now we have social media, which I didn't have back then. And that's a whole job on its own and so on and so on. Right. Yep. Um, let me just think now, see, I can, sometimes I lose my track of thought. So you were asking me. Art and business and and what that looks like with your health. Thank you. Thank you. Um, So now, so I was doing um, what ended up happening because I ended up crashing again as I was trying to do my own business, like with portraiture and realism and stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, what followed was a few years of just not being able to work at all. Mm -hmm. And I lost everything. I lost my home. I lost my marriage, which was okay because it wasn't worth saving. Um, when you become very ill and ill for a long period of time, you really find out about the close people in your life. Yes, you do. <laughs> yeah, and what's going on there. And um, so I had to reimagine my life and what kind of work could I do? Because I couldn't do time, really time-sensitive work anymore, which was working in television and working in print. It's really tight timelines. Um, so I thought, well, I'm going to go to university and social work like you, I was going to do that because I thought I could do that part-time and still make enough money to pay my bills. Right. Um, so I ended up in university. I stopped doing art for any, uh, anyone else. I did a few pieces for myself. But then um, as I was going to university, my mom got ill. Uh-huh. Uh, so I ended up leaving university and going to take care of my mom. So I didn't finish my social degree social work degree. And then I ended up here in Toronto because that's where my partner ended up doing his um, master's and now doctorate. Uh Um, So here I decided rather than going back to social work and accruing yet more of a Canada student loan that I would go into art, fine art. Mm -hmm. And so I was doing, uh, I ended up going from realism into abstract expressionism. And so that's the type of work I was doing. And then when I got hit with the PTSD last summer, I couldn't do anything for about six months. And then I slowly started coming because I was too terrified to go into my studio, believe it or not. And I slowly started, I forced myself to go back in there and I just put like a scribble on a piece of paper and then leave the room. Mm -hmm. And then the next day I would go in and do a little bit more and then so on and so forth until I was painting again. Um, So the work, what I, I was going to do a, um, project that shows both the um, visual progress of PTSD from inception to, you know, a year later or two years later. So I thought my work could be a part of that. So I, I actually, I've only done a few pieces that are specifically dealing with PTSD. Like I just finished um, a piece um, um, a few weeks ago and it's up on my website if anyone wants to see it. Um, gwenduda.com www.gwenduda.com g-w-e-n-d-u-d-a and um, it's sort of like an angelic being but it's not like and I have all these words written in sort of around her about you know um, oh, I, I can't even remember but it's specifically to things like you know life is an illusion because I was thinking everything that I knew before PTSD was like sort of blown away by it and I felt and my brain I felt had so betrayed me um that you know life is not what you perceive we perceive so much through our brain and our brain tells us how to feel I've learned a lot about the brain through this whole process so the brain can be deceptive to us right It, it we could be taking in visual information and auditory information but that but our brain will say, oh, well, that's a danger. It's like, for example, if you were uh, beaten as a little kid by a guy that had a red shirt and a beard, right? A maybe dark-haired guy that had a beard and a red shirt. Every time you see a guy with a beard and a red shirt, you get triggered, right? You're like, you, get, you would get like a very reflexive sort of like, oh, that danger, danger, your brain would say, right? And you'd feel it. You'd feel that anxiety. And then, you know, one day, say you're, you're, you're a woman and you're married to a man and he decides to do the... Um, the uh, fashion beard, right? The guys have been sporting and then decides red's his favorite color. Well, 
you, you know, you got a bit of a problem. You have to convince the brain that no, it's okay, you know. So, um, so I am doing some works that are specific to my progress um, in with PTSD, but also. I actually just love to do the work. And what I mean by that is I'll just sit in front of a blank page of paper or a canvas and I just let it flow through me. Uh-huh. And so whatever comes out is sort of what's meant to come out at that time and period. And it will be whatever it is. So if it's more personal as to what's going with my psyche and such, it will come out. Right. If it's more, um, you know, transcendent, say I've gone out for a walk and I've seen the most beautiful sunset or sunrise, um, sometimes that will come out in my work. Uh, the work is very nature-inspired. It's very, very much the natural world is what inspires me and keeps me going. And um, I think one of your questions is what motivates me when I'm not feeling well? Nature. Yeah. Absolutely. So does that uh, answer your question as well? It does. Okay. So what advice would you give to somebody with a chronic illness who is looking to become an entrepreneur? I would say just get your eyeballs on anything that you can read or watch or people that inspire you, people that um, have, you know, have overcome illnesses or um, roadblocks or what have you to get where they are now, you know, mm-hmm. um, I, I can't recount all of them, but there's stories that I've come across where I thought, well, you know, that, that person has done well in life. And then I read their, a little bit about their um, autobiography and I was like, oh my God, I didn't know they had to overcome this or they had a chronic illness and they still managed, you know, they worked, managed to find a way to make it work for them. Um, so those stories, um, yeah, adversity stories, um, I'll read them or watch them. Um, it's really interesting. I came across a YouTube uh, interview with Dolly Parton. This was a few years ago. And I was like, I was just amazed by her. Um, I mean, she was, she was a singer and she was famous when I was growing up. Right. So I know of her work and then she's kind of fallen out of fashion as the new generation has come up, but I think she's a thing again. She is. Um, But she's an amazing businesswoman. Oh yeah. Amazing. Um, and so, I mean, I'm sure she had things to overcome in her life. Uh, so that's what I look at. And I look at the, the, the attitudes of the people that have this. And even for myself, I, I recognize, like, for example, if you're dealing with like mental illness is, um, an illness, right? It's, it's, and it's not just split off. Your brain isn't just split off from the rest of your body. It's a whole. So even mm-hmm. for example, they're coming up with new, um, discoveries, for example, the, what, what, what type of bacteria is in our intestinal system can actually determine our mood. Yes. So um, that's why it's so important to, uh, and I had like a ton of antibiotics when I was a kid. It was antibiotics for everything, right? And of course that kills all your good flora and the bad flora, but the good flora too. So I wonder about that for myself as well. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to overcome that as well. So um, yeah, I, I just, I look to nature for inspiration and motivation. Um, I would say if you are, want to become an entrepreneur, um, it's funny, like I didn't think of myself as an entrepreneur. I just thought of like, what do I want to do? Yeah. What do I want to do that will make me want to get up in the morning? Because yeah. that can be a heck of a battle some days. It's like, no, you've got this to look forward to do and you're going to do that. So it's a perpetual, also curiosity, if you've got curiosity, because you'll take that and you'll, you'll work that into, or that'll be what drives you to do your, the job that you want to do. Um, and then, and then, and then research and reading about people that do what you want to do. Right. I, I'm, I read about artists a lot, artists lives, what they've done, uh, how they got to where they are. I mean, for the visual arts, you know, um, getting in, you know, uh, to the point where you're in your works being sold and sold the bees and so forth. I mean, that's kind of like one, that's like the rock star status of artists. But um, <clears throat> so it's, that's never something that I, I mean, if that happens, sure, great. Um, but I, I'm just, I'm an artist. So I need to hear stories about other artists and, and what motivates them. And, uh, you know, what, what, how did they deal with life setbacks? There's, you know, the ones that are still here, the ones that managed to stay above the grass, you know, because sometimes artist stories can be quite tragic. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what made them happy 
Um, I was reading about Agnes Martin, who um, I came across her story uh, by, what's his name, Hank Green. He has a couple of YouTube channels. He's a writer. He's quite famous. And so he was doing a series on, or he was doing a a talk on this woman, uh, Agnes Martin. And that's how I found out about her. Again, there's that perpetual curiosity. I guess I'm a nerd. And I'm just curious about, I'm curious about all things like nature, or, you know, butterflies or, geez, how do they put that top coat on? The, like, how do roofs work? You know, how do they make it, how do they make it waterproof? Like, so I always had this curiosity. Um, so, and I heard about Agnes Martin and she was dealing with schizophrenia. And um, there was a saying, and I, I won't say it because I don't want to, if any of the people that are listening to this want to check it out, it's just it's such, a great, um, such a great little talk and such a, her story is so interesting and inspiring. So she determined a certain, you know, she had this saying and I took that saying and I printed it out and I have it up on my studio wall. And so it's one of my, one of my commandments for happiness, if you will, or one of my, one of, you know, I'm developing a code of happiness for myself. I've got about uh, 19 points and I'm, I'm almost done and I'm going to refine them and I'm going to put them up on my studio wall. And those are just basic, it's a basic life code. Um, you know, put energy into what you want to do, not what you, not what you don't want to do. Yes. Um, you know, just hanging out with people that really like you, that are considerate and kind. Um, you know, part of, I think what I grew up with is like, I wanted to please people, right? I think my, my parents, I wanted to please them and they were pretty hardcore and, you know, we didn't talk very much as a family cause we were always working. Right. Um, so it was like, I still, I realized a lot of these things was, were from childhood. So it's like, no, quit looking for other people's, you know, um, appreciate, not appreciation, but like to get approval and just give it to yourself. It's like, Oh, you want to do that? Do that. Okay. How do you feel about that project now that that you're done? Oh, I feel pretty good. Okay. Move on. You're not looking to anyone else to tell you, you did a good job on that project. Right. Right. So I used to waste time trying to, I mean, in the art world, right. We're trying to get, you know, and mind you, I haven't actually gotten uh, a gallery um, per se because I, because I didn't have the energy to be able to, um, um, tell them or to what's the word I'm looking for to commit to a whole show. Like I just didn't know what my energy would be like. So I just do one piece at a time. Like, I don't know. I don't, you know, but now things for me are getting better. So it's like, well, I could, I could actually do this so that, you know, galleries are something I'm looking at now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I never want to overextend myself. It's, I, I don't know about you, Nicole, but I, I, I'm from reading your Instagram posts and such, I can see that you're pretty pragmatic about, you know, what you can do and what you can't do. Yep. Um, and I don't want to promise something that I can't deliver. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it makes life very, mm, what would you say? Not that it takes the magic out of it, but there, there are guidelines that we need to follow in order to have, um, to be the best for our clients and to be the best for ourselves. And I think that there's a, there's a fine line that I found because I, I'm really pragmatic about what I can accomplish and what I can't, but sometimes that holds me back Yeah, because I'm stuck in that. Well, I know this will work. And instead of pushing myself a little bit and taking a little bit of the risk, I stay where it's safe. Yeah. Is that something that you've, you've experienced? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, there's this aspect of my personality that when I have an idea, I just want to fly with it. Yeah. I want to see how far it can go and how high and, um, and now it's like, like, especially in, in doing a painting, it's like when you, you have a certain feeling that comes through you and a certain energy and you, you, like I would work sometimes for like hours and hours and hours straight just to capture that. Right. Uh But then I push myself too far. Right. And I would, you know, do that day after day because that energy changes. And then when the energy changes, the image changes, right? So it's, you want to keep that image in the same energy field that you had when you created or else it's not the same image. Right. But now it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, can't throw myself at the wall anymore. So, you know, cause I'm tired of scraping myself off of it. Yes. Um, so what do I do? So, it's a matter of, okay, I work smaller, but if I do a larger piece, it's like, okay, 
it's like remembering that energy writing. So I can actually write like a poem or something down that will capture it. And then I re, will reread it and then just set myself in that and then go again. So you know what? It's a matter of discipline. Yes. It's a matter of discipline. We are, this was so funny. We had friends over the other night because we finally all got together for a game day and uh, it's hard to get all our schedules together, but we did it because you need to do it. It's great for your mental health. It's great for your physical health, right? You need to laugh and be with people. Your brain needs to see smiling, happy faces around you. And um, one, one individual, he just started this new job and, and uh, he's been working there for a few months and they put him in charge of hiring. And um, <laughs> they had a, a, a person that came in for the job and basically said, because it's a job at a library, right? So what's a library used for? It's used for learning. Mm-hmm. And especially if you're in, um, if you're in uh, university and as a student, whether you're a graduate or uh, undergrad, you're always learning, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or I shouldn't say graduate, but like in a master's program or a doctoral program. And so he had this one person that came in and, and basically the person said they weren't, they were an engineer they were at the top of their game and they didn't need to learn anything anymore. They could very easily tell other people what they needed to know. And, you know, that raised some eyebrows. But, um, and the other thing was that, um, yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't interested. I can't remember what it was, but he, he wasn't, oh, I can't, it was so perfect and I can't remember what it was. Um, so when he told me, my friend told me about that, I thought, oh, you know, it was around people skills. That's what it was around. It was around people skills. And I said, you know, it's interesting because they ended up hiring somebody that didn't have all the skills they wanted, but had the personality that they wanted. Yeah. And um, I found for me, it's way better. It's way easier to um, have, have, have that aspect in another person so that it's, it's, that's sort of the most important thing I find about, you know, this, sorry, this just makes me think about, I'm looking to hire an art assistant. And I realized in writing out that description that it didn't matter if they knew how to work Excel perfectly or anything like that. Uh, mm-hmm. I would rather have somebody that I, I can work with. Yeah. Um, so now bring me back to the original question. See, I do this, I go on this sort of long thing and then sometimes I lose my way. So bring me back. You totally answered it. It was oh, just, okay. you know, what would you want when you were, becoming an entrepreneur and you totally nailed it. Oh, all right there. Okay. So so is there anything that I should have asked, but I didn't? Gee, so this is um, pertaining to health, dealing with chronic health and and having your own business, right? Yes. I think, I think we probably covered everything, but if I was to, to make it succinct, I would say, First thing that you need to do, if you don't already know how, is to learn how to take really good care of yourself. Yes. Learn what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are, because everybody has them. I would say my weaknesses were, um, I love the underdog, mm-hmm. which could be admirable, but the problem is I, this, that was an energy leak, and it was a blind spot, and that explains my first marriage. Mm-hmm. And which actually um, I ended up um, losing a lot uh, because of that first marriage. I, I, I got really ill during that first marriage. It was a, um, I would say the person was, had a, had a personality disorder, but I didn't realize it at the time. Yeah. Um, so I would say really know yourself, do a self inventory, do a self analysis and say, okay, you know, what do I want? You know, what, you know, <laughs> some people say, you know, we're, we're on a path to discover who we are. It's like to uncover things. And then I heard a quote by Dylan that said, we're actually creating ourselves all the time. Love that. Right. So I thought, okay, I believe, you know, I'm this entity that's on this planet that's whirling through what can be a quite a hostile universe, but wonderful, none the same you know, who the heck am I? And, you know, so you get these big questions, right? And then it's like, okay, but I have to pay bills and I have to, you know, get food and this kind of stuff while I'm here. So how am I going to do that? And how am I going to do that in a life that will, I will feel really good about getting up in the morning to meet every day? What kind of life do I want to create for for myself? What what do I want to do? Where do I want to be? 
um, and then answer those questions and then say, okay, what's the vehicle that I'm going to use to, to attain that? Mm-hmm. And that's your income stream or streams and um, how you're going to, you know, you, you, and there's a whole bunch of books out there to help you with that. One of the greatest books is what, what colors, what, what color is your parachute? I love that one. Yeah. Richard N. Bowles. That was probably the most important book I've ever read in regards to that. And so maybe you have to work a job that's just a chip of the diamond. Like, yeah, maybe you don't really like it, but it's giving you some skills that you can then transfer into your own, your own business that you'll need to know in your own business as you start building that business. Yes. Um, um, but to be realistic, to get the people that are your friends, you know, col- uh, keep them close. It's a real balancing act when you have chronic illness because you cannot do everything. Something's going to slide uh, in my case, lately, it's housework. Yes. Lately. Because uh, I like to have an orderly home and a clean home because it makes me feel good. Uh-huh. Uh, but I'm trying to, I'm getting together a sale, a huge sale uh, of older work. And um, like I have, I, I'm, a, I'm over 100 right now pieces. And I think I have like 300, if not, yeah, somewhere in there, two to 300. And it's very tedious because I have to photograph things and photo edit and and I'm uploading everything to Square, and then I have to connect that to my website. And, you know, and that's another thing. Um, in your own business, you're going to have so many roadblocks. It's not going to go as fast as you want it to. Never. Never. Because um, I thought, oh, yeah, I'll pop it on Square, and, da, 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 and I'll be done in a few days. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. And uh, so I'm behind on my own. I have, you know, we have timelines, right? Yep. So I'm behind on my own timeline. But I thought, you know what? maybe this is meant to happen later because I wanted it to happen before I moved because I didn't want to move, you know, it'd be just nice to have a lot of, a little less to move right from my studio. But I thought maybe, you know, just, I think at a certain point you kind of have to, because I think this goes with being a type A personality. It's like, tick, 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 tick. We've got a schedule. We've got a plan, you know, got to meet, got to meet that timeline. Right. Cause it makes us feel good. Yeah. Makes us feel like we're in control and on top of things. And, um, but maybe it's not meant to be and not meant to go exactly that way. And here's a little story. Um, so I told you about my, my first marriage that um, ended. Um, and actually, when I look back on that first marriage, it's, it's a good thing it did that I did get ill because it showed all the cracks in that relationship. And if I would have continued, it would have continued if my health was fine if I was still in the same job I'd been in and he had the same, you know, unreasonable expectations and I kept meeting them. Yeah. Um, I would have stayed in that relationship. And to be honest, that relationship was, eh, you know, so, so right. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of my illness and because that got blown out of the water and all the things that happened, I ended up meeting the person I'm with now who I've been with for 17 years. Right. And he is the love of my life. Yep. So, you know, is it bad or is it good? There's a sort of a, there's a stories, I think, in almost every culture about, like there's one in, uh, in Buddhism about um, story is, is, you know, is this bad? What happened to you or is it good? I won't go into it because it's a bit lengthy. Um, so with, you know, whatever it is, when you look back with hindsight, you can say, oh, something you really, really, really wanted. Now that you look back, you go, you know, it's a good thing I didn't get it. Yes. So... I kind of look at my illness and there's different ways to look at it. Like some days I'm so angry. I'm so angry. And it's like, you know, I was sick for like two decades and, you know, just to think of all the time I lost my youth, I lost cause now I'm in the fifties. It hit me in my, you know, late twenties, early thirties. And you know, da, 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 I could have gotten, you know, I could have been a lawyer. I could have, cause I was going to go into law. That, that's another story. And then, <laughs> and then I sit back and I go, yeah, but that's all, that's all conjecture. You don't know. Right. It's just sort of, you know, but I'm, but I'm, you know, feeling really angry that day. So that, and that can be PTSD too these days, because that can, it, that's what it does. You can feel really scared. You can feel really angry and irritable. You can feel like, you know, oh, you're on a, you're on a fun roller coaster with this one. Um, as you can, you can probably relate to with what you're dealing with. Yes. Um, so it's like, okay. And then I, then I get to that point of acceptance again. It's like, you know, it is as it is. Now, the only thing you have control of, quotation marks, or um, how would you say, a chance to do is the present and the future. Right. So what are you going to do? How are you going to make this the best years of your life? 
And I, I kind of akin what I've been through, like someone that's been falsely accused and put in jail. Mm-hmm. And then when they come out, you know, if you've been in jail for 20 years for something you didn't do, like, and you've lost all those, you know, your productivity mm-hmm. and, you know, education and, you know, you, you come up from school. I kind of feel that way with fibromyalgia because I lost a lot of friends. I lost a lot of connections. I felt very isolated. Mm-hmm. And um, now, um, as I'm coming through the PTSD and I'm starting to get energy back and, and, and things, um, and I'm really focusing on building out, um, you know, as in uh, business, it talks about, you know, first you secure your local business, right? Mm-hmm. And grow out from there. So I'm like, yeah, I really have to engage in my community, right? Because as you engage in the community, then you get notoriety through that. People begin to know you. And right. people want to do business with you if they feel a sense of, that they know you. Right. Um, so it really is kind of taking, um, I've read an awful lot of books. I've listened to an awful lot of people in business and also in uh, healing, like uh, chronic illness and health and all that. And I put them together. Yeah. Um, so that's what I would say is don't lose hope. Um, if you're having a day, bad day or, you know, bad year, just be like, okay, just do the best you can and keep the dream alive. Like do things, look into, like, let your curiosity lead you to what you love. And when you connect with that, that will give you energy. Yeah. Right? That will help heal your body and your mind and your spirit. And so build on that. Keep doing what you love. Keep seeking what you love. Spend time with people that make you feel better. If someone you're with instantly, your energy starts to drop, mm-mm, they're a vampire. Keep moving. Yes. Right? So yes. it's learning all this. So it's about immense self-care in all respects, healthy boundaries with yourself and with others. I have let uh, quite a few people go in my life. And guess what? My life got better. Yes. So, and so that's your personal is connected to your profit margin if you will, your personal is connected to your business. It's th- those are one and the same. So take care of yourself and you're taking care of business, your business. How's that? That is the perfect place to end this interview. I love that. There you go. Well, thank you so much for chatting with us, Gwen. Well, thank you, Nicole. I appreciate you listening. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I would like to hear more from you. I mean, I, I follow you on Instagram and um, yeah, keep, keep sharing what you're doing and, uh, and maybe, you know, one day we'll work together and that would be fantastic. Yes. And and I'm not sure if I'm ever going to have a show. I mean, we'll see what happens, but I might, I mean, it's for educational purposes. I just want people to know, I think you're dealing with your, I mean, mental health is health. Yes. Right. It's not like mental health and then you know, the rest of our health. It's like, it's health. The mind is the body. The body is, affects the mind. And so um, art, actually, the arts can be a really wonderful way to help heal the body and heal the mind. So I just want to encourage people, whether that's writing poetry, writing, uh, playing music, listening to music, appreciation, painting, drawing, any of the arts, dance, movement, that will actually help heal your, your brain and heal your body. So please take time for yourself to enjoy and love anything in the arts. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much for listening to the Spooniepreneur podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, recommend, rate, and review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. To find show notes and to get connected to our community of Spooniepreneurs, go to www.theresilientva.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.